let me just drop that band hammer real quick. Right. All right. How's it going, everybody? Um, so this is episode seven of a little bit about almost everything uh, today. And I know I need to get the YouTube stuff put up. I, I know I'm, I'm lazy. Um, but today we are joined by Evan. And I'm going to mispronounce your last name. So feel, feel free to uh, correct me. Labate or Labat? Labate? You got it right the first time. Labate? Okay. Cool. Those those French names always get me. So it's not it's Dutch. <laughs> Dutch, French, it's all the same, you know. Um might as well be. Right. So um so Evan, or I will invariably call him Moffy because that's what I know him as, um is joining us today and he's gonna talk to us about well today we're gonna have a conversation about a couple things. Um First thing I'm going to talk to him about is his uh, book that he has published, so I can try and give him a little bit of a shout out and extend that out to my small book growing audience. Um, and then we'll, we're going to talk about the differences in the age gap between us uh, in terms of, of what it's like to play video games today, uh, because it's, it, it is a big difference. My buddy and I were having this conversation, so... We'll we'll do that the second half of our conversation. So, um, so first, uh, Evan, why don't you tell us a little bit about your book? All right. Uh, so first of all, I want to give a big big thank you to uh, to Dicky here for having me. Um, let's see. Uh, so a little bit about my book. It is it takes place in a modern time period. It's kind of a it's my my version on the take of, you know, the classic technique of angels versus demons. Uh, I decided to inverse it a little, little bit, right? Cuz we all know demons as the bad guys, angels as the good guys. Well, what if it was inversed? So that was that was a big thing that I wanted to uh, to play around with that. Um but yeah, it was kind of, I wrote this uh my freshman year of college. It took Oh dear god, how how long how long did it take for me to finally get off my ass and publish it? Like Well, I, I took your class. It was a couple of years, but you were also waiting for me to get back to uh, to you with some edits that I never got back to you on, so <laughs> you know, I'm I'm partially to blame there for that, so uh, it's all good. Uh I still have you though in my back. At least I still, I I still think like to think I have you in my back pocket if I uh, need like an agent to represent me in anything. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no. I I recently, as I was graduating, I decided I wanted to get you know wanted to get this out, put it, uh, put it out there for all to see. Um, was it? And then I got in contact. Well, I, I guess I wouldn't say I got in contact with. I just. I, I texted my girlfriend and she wanted and you know she did the cover art and she did a wonderful job job for it and little did I know that this one book was going to spark a second one and then a third one which is taking forever to write but I didn't realize that this would spark one thing and the next thing I know everything is inter everything is connected and character I'm having to deal with characters from book one showing up in book three and juggling the time gap and wanting to stick my head in the sand and scream like an ostrich sometimes 
Yeah, and isn't this book st- isn't this like a the third book that you had already written? Like it was it's like the third in in a series that you'd already started anyways? The one that's currently published? No, the one that's currently published is technically the first one. Okay. I, that one's taken the longest to get out. Um, I wrote it, and then I wasn't actually ever really intending on publishing it until I decided I kind of wanted to go down the narrative route for games. And so that's what sparked that, and now I'm like wanting to get more out. But editing is a total pain, and I hate my own writing <laughs> with a passion. Yeah. That's that's always the hardest part about writing is is self critique and there's a good way to do it and there's a not good way to do it. Um, but yeah, that's that's definitely the hardest part I would say. And but it's also I don't know if you're like this. I'm I'm very much like this. I hate other people critiquing my writing. I can't stand it. Mm-hmm. It it annoys me to no end. And so like. It's hard for me to let other people read my writing, which is bad because how is it ever going to get out there? Um, but you know, if you can learn how to take that criticism, that's the the best thing you can do uh, to help become a better writer. Um, so, is the second book finished then? Yeah, book two I wrote my sophomore year of college, and that's done. That's in the process of getting edited. I need to change so much of it because I was not planning on having one and two be connected at all. Like, at all. So there is a very clear gap. Uh, there's a very clear difference in plot and story elements in how one the first one is very... Like, the first one heavily revolves around angels and demons. That's the main concept, them fighting each other. Okay, well, the second one I kind of wrote during my, uh, for lack of a better phrase, and you're going to laugh at this, Dickie, but I wrote it during, like, right when I was starting to get huge into DC. Like, huge into DC. So there's a lot of, uh, there's, like, a lot of, I want to say, like, vigilantism elements to it, but not enough to, not enough to get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so so this is more edgelord evan yes okay well less edgelord probably more a little bit darker but there's, there's so much i have to change because rosa read through part of chapter one immediately afterwards sent me a text saying you need to change this character or, or else i'm willing to bet you're going to get cop you're gonna get a uh was it a a seat probably a cease and desist like i'm gonna get copyright struck yeah and i was like okay (laughs) now i know to now i know to change her and her and i have been coming up with ideas to change her and i had to remove my roommate's character because he and i uh the creative differences is really the best way to set to say it okay um he wants to i he wants to do one thing with his character afterwards and I realized if I wanted to write an origin story for how stu- uh, elements that develop in the third book happened, I needed complete and total control over everything. And I can't have uh, his portion of it be the wild card. Right. So, 
Right. Luckily, though, he was very understanding of it. Um, I think he, he and I had been in, I think he and I kind of realized that it was eventually going to happen because uh, he was telling me ideas for his book, right? And I felt, I, I felt like such a, I felt like such an asshole when I had to tell, when I have to tell him, be like, okay, well, you need to fix that <laughs> because of this that's happening. Right. And I think, I think it's going to be good for both of us. It's going to let him flourish and it's going to let me do exactly what I want and how I want to. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, other than that, it is available on Amazon. You can type my name up and whatnot. Uh, what's, what's the title of the book for everybody? Uh, it is called Angel from Hell. Although, if you try to Google that on Amazon, it doesn't properly pop up. Um, yeah, it doesn't properly pop up. Uh, let's see if I, if I type in book yeah if you have to type in um the full title is angel from hell book one of the underworld saga so if anyone is oh did i get a second review if apparently a few other people <laughs> oh okay yeah i have a few friends who have been purchasing it and they've been uh i asked them if they wouldn't mind leaving leaving reviews on it when they're when they're done reading it so Good. it's not bad it's, it's not that expensive too it's only 10 bucks but hey at least it's prime so you don't have to pay for skipping <laughs> right so so you're making a little bit of money off of it that's good um have you gotten any like um publishers that have like reached out to you or anything no i'm not i'm not that i haven't gotten any of those yet i've more so gotten emails from just normal people and you know regards to jobs i've applied to like months ago and whatnot um okay i think it would be cool if 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 there is anyone who knows anything in the publishing world wants to help a recently graduated college student out that would be awesome otherwise otherwise i'm fine with you know just it chilling on amazon because if anything it's more just a like i can now have it on my resume so it's it's a resume piece more so if anything i guess right there's look there's i won't say who they are but there's professors at riddle that uh on their resume say that they're published and it's basically just stuff that they've self-published on um amazon which is not really how it's supposed to work, but that's okay. Um, so, so don't feel bad, you know, that's, and that's a good thing. I mean, it, it shows, if anything, it shows gumption to go out there and do it. Cause that, that takes a lot of, of willpower for people to go out there and actually yeah. do that. Um, but and, I think also in regards to, um, the publication, like you had mentioned, if I'm thinking of the correct department of some of these people, their their publications are their books are entirely different than like what I've done. Yeah. Theirs oh. is more research and fact based where mine is like uh mine's good to have on my resume because if I'm applying to like a game company and whatnot, right? It shows okay, I can make a character, I can give them a backstory, um I can 
create interactions between them and other distinct characters. And I can drag the reader along for so long loving a character and then pull the rug out from underneath them at the last second. Right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, those those are more publications. And the, and the thing about with education, why we care about publications is because they're supposed to be peer-reviewed. So we present some sort of scientific point or something like that, and then a, a, a bunch of our peers check to make sure that what we're asserting is actually true. But when you self-publish, there's no peer review. So in your case, that's not a big deal. You just need to show, look, hey, I can write, I can tell a story, you know, I can I can cover a story arc. I, I know how to write dialogue and that kind of stuff, and that's a big difference. So um, you're you're right, and I think that's where it's going to really help you out. And and like I always used to tell my my clients is that you Stephen King got forty, I think it was forty two rejections before he ever sold his first book. So there's no industry that's harder. It's easier to sell a movie script than it is to sell a book. And, and it's not getting any easier to sell books either. So, you know, you just got to give it time. And, you know, I think, didn't you say it's on Wattpad too, or, or you have some stuff on Wattpad? Cause I know there's a, been a bunch of really big authors lately that have come from Wattpad. Yeah, I have my, my Wattpad is it's all linked onto my website everything can be found uh on my website uh to everything uh, i kind of did a the way that i worked with my wattpad though was i had a a separate i had the i kept the original version or i guess the most recently edited before publication version on there so i and i kept that as just free because i'm like okay you know let people at least read it Right. But what I did do and this is this is this is how I know I have been playing too much of these video games. Damn you EA. Um but I basically made the the full version like with all the fixed plot elements to tie it into the third one on why these characters show back up again and uh to tease even at elements that you know are beyond outside of that universe um that is in the actual full full published one so that is available on amazon and you kind of have to pay for it which one of my friends asked me why and i think i just looked at them and said well i'm not going to give you the whole puzzle for free so uh, i'm not going to give you the whole answer for free you know right so you have dlc for your book yeah, <laughs> I have DLC. Except instead of the DLC, instead of just getting the little add-on, it's the whole book, it's right. the whole game plus the add-on. Right. So you really did pull an EA. I mean, yeah. Here's the first. Well, I mean, no. EA would have made you pay for the incomplete edition, and then it would have sucked so bad that they would have had to give out the fixed version for free. So yours is like kind of a reverse EA. EA would have made me pay for every page. Right. You right. want page one? Ten bucks. Oh, you want page two? Another ten bucks. Right. And then before you know it, it's like, I, how have I spent two hundred dollars on this game, and I'm only like twenty hours in or something? Ugh. Yeah. No, I, aye, aye, aye. I I feel you there. So. So, um, 
I mean, uh, uh, yeah, it, it is a good segue. I was going to ask something else, but I think that's a good segue. So what do you think? How do you feel about the current state of uh, video games? I'm not the biggest fan of how they are slowly but surely going up in price. Um, that's that's the first thing. I miss the days of where you could just get a game for new game for 60 bucks. And now it seems like a lot of them are going up to 70. Uh, that's my biggest thing is I'm not the big. I mean, also because, you know, I'm broke. Right. Uh, yeah. Geek Squad really only Geek, Geek Squad only pays me enough to, you know, pay for my DoorDash orders for lunch. And that's really it. <laughs> uh but no i mean i think it depends on from where i look at it in terms of in terms of stories i think we're getting more i it's i don't want to say it's it's like a roller coaster some games have super good well-written stories and then you get like those one to two games that just have the really horrible written stories. And then it just begins like a downtrend for a little bit. Right. Um, in terms of animation, I think it's definitely, definitely getting better because now I'm reading a lot of updates, uh, like especially for No Man's, uh, not No Man's Sky, uh, Star Citizen. Mm -hmm. I read an update saying that, oh, yeah, we're going to have the A.I., look more humanoid like we're actually going to be putting people in the motion capture suit and we're going to record them you know like doing that um and i think that's really cool because it with motion capture you can it really definitely will show the difference of you know a static walk like in skyrim for example versus like a you could have some you could have one person that walks with like a little bit of a hitch in their step or you know you could have one person that you know um, maybe starts off walking with their left foot instead of their right foot, you know, and so you have those differences. Uh, and then in terms of cinematics, it's uh, definitely gotten much better. Yeah. Definitely much better. How long would you say you've been playing video games for in terms of like years? Because you're, you're, yes. still, you're still a young buck, but how many years have you been playing video games? I... The, I, I I sadly do not know how long I have been playing for. What's the um, first video game you remember playing? Like, that you can oh, definitively remember playing? The old Bionicle game on the PlayStation 2. I played <laughs> my... For my entire... And I told my entire video game, my entire setup, Dickie. I blame it all on my aunt. Because she bought me the PlayStation 2. Okay. <laughs> so my my aunt is responsible for the back for the bird computer, Dicky. <laughs> okay. She's at the root of this. Well, I don't so feel no. I don't feel quite as bad now because we're really we're really just one generation apart. I mean, I started playing on uh, Nintendo NES, um, but I barely played on it. Like we had mario and then we had the power pad with the olympic games and that's kind of all i can remember um and then i was pretty into super nintendo but even that was pretty limited I, it wasn't until playstation one that i really got into video games so 
I feel better that we're only one generation apart. Yeah. My my neighbor uh or my old neighbor had a, a Nintendo 64. And he had Goldeneye for it and I just remember sitting there like we all, you know, they'd have a party or something or we go hang out with them, right? And I'm just sitting there. I just ask him be like, "Can you set up the Nintendo 64?" And he's just like, you going to play Goldeneye? And I'm like, you're damn right I am. Right. And so then I started playing Goldeneye. And I was playing on the N64. And then I'm like, okay, this is kind of fun. <laughs> oh, man. Goldeneye was so much fun. I I never had <clears throat> a 64. I have one now. But when I was growing up, I didn't. I As soon as I got a PlayStation, I was a PlayStation fanboy for life. Um. And so I, I really only, growing up, I just had PlayStation 1, 2, and 3. And then as I, I got older and had money, then I kind of got everything else. Um, but yeah, I, I was always a, a Sony fanboy. But yeah, we had, I, I mean, we had friends that all had that kind of stuff. That, that had the 64, so we would all go play GoldenEye, and, and it, was, it was fun. But um, yeah, I mean, that, and, and that's like the birth... I mean, not necessarily the birth of first-person shooters, but it was a birth of of multiplayer first-person shooters to to like really impact what we see in today's world of first-person shooters. So, with that being said, do you like do you prefer to play single-player games or do you prefer to play multiplayer games that are like massively multiplayer or or you know more online-based multiplayer games? It all depends on my mood. If if I've just had a if I've had, you know, like a day in at class or something or, you know, like a day at work where I just I I just I don't want to have to deal with other people. Usually um, I'll just boot up a single player game and just talk to Rosa while I play it and stream it for her. Uh, I got big back in the shadow of war. Like big into sh- I I think I sunk 30. Let me open up my Steam. Yeah, I think I sunk like 15 or maybe 30. I don't know. I think I like doubled or tripled the hours I had in there before. Uh, it was bad. Um, but then, you know, there are some nights where like if if you're online or like, you know, you like, you know, the I don't want to say the, the good old days, but, you know, the days where you me dom and you know total we're all online and we then we just all jump on like valorant and mess around then those nights you know i enjoy the multiplayer games i've I've kind of fallen off of mmos mmos seem to be a phase for me like i'll get really big into star wars the old republic and then i'll stop playing altogether and i'll like get back into it like six months later and then like play again and then stop playing it it's just a rinse and wash process right yeah. Um. Other than that, though, I think like if I had to pick my go-to genre, I think it would just be games that you can play by yourself. Like I kind of classify Destiny Two as a single-player game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Aspects. Right. Like you can't do certain parts of that single-player, but for for the most part, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. But even then, like with strikes, you don't have to queue up. Like it'll fit you with teammates but you don't you know there it's unlike counter-strike or siege or valorant you don't have to do call outs you know you just use your eyes right like if your teammates down 
you're gonna go pick them up because it gives you a better chance at winning the fight like there's no communication i can just sit there blasting my playlist of whatever the hell i'm deciding to listen to whatever weeb shit is you classify it yeah uh, <laughs> yeah and then you know and then just go around and just pop fallen heads off with ace of spades <laughs> right right i mean i i like i today i i do like multiplayer games a little bit more but that's just because i finally found a group of people that that one play them a little bit um and two because I'm trying to stream, it's really hard to stream games that are not multiplayer. Um, unless you're going to do like lots of YouTube videos, which I just don't have the time for. Um, and so, I, I mean, growing up, obviously, we had mostly single player games. I mean, and if you wanted to play multiplayer, you had to have a friend there and you played split screen or... You know, we, we always played Street Fighter 2, and so, you know, that wasn't split screen, but that was about as multiplayer as you could get. So, I, and, and this is what my buddy and I were talking about, is that the problem with all of these multiplayer games is if you're not willing to spend the time to play them, um, then you're not going to have fun because you're going to suck at it. So you have to like commit the time to play those games and get, and like, I'm never going to be good. Right. But at least slightly competitive so I can have fun. I have to sink a lot of times and time into these games where, you know, single players is games. It's just kind of nice to put it on easy sometimes and enjoy the story. Um, and the, it feels like there's not as many of those out today as there used to be that are just like, you have to play it. And that could also be the fact that I'm just old and I don't have the time for it. But, um, you know, I, that's, it's just sad because I, I think there's a, it, we've come to a point with video games that it's not necessarily about having fun with video games at this point. It's more about how can you be the best at the game and not, can you have fun playing the game? And that's kind of hard sometimes. Yeah, especially with, you know, the 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 competitive games. Like speak since speaking of with Riley now sitting in the chat, um, we were playing a few games of Siege, and you know we were getting kind of competitive. Well, about as competitive as you can get with unrated. At yeah, least I I saw that as competitive. Riley's gonna totally correct me and be like we weren't being competitive i'm gonna be like you knew every call out on the map tell me that isn't competitive right um but it's not just also you know the part of wanting to be the best it's also just the, it's easier to cheat these games now yeah and it's no fun when this guy knows i'm sitting there you know knows i'm sitting blue stairs i have made no noise whatsoever no one's droned me out and he just swings the corner and just shoots me in the head and i'm just like bro like how did like i i know you didn't drone me out and i know you weren't just clearing that yeah I, that's and that's hard but i think that the fact that there are so many 
uh, cheaters is kind of speaks to my point of games just aren't you have to be so good at games anymore to even have fun that if you don't have the time to commit to it, then you got to go get your Cronus or your aimbot or whatever it is that you're using to be competitive just to have fun, you know? And, uh, that that's hard. Um, and, and your account gets banned and then you can't play with anyone anymore. And you're just like, you know, however money I just sunk into this game's now gone. Right. Right. And, and, and that, I mean, I think there's a level to that of, of some people that have real, like, little dick energy to them. Those are the real cheaters. So they've already got, a, you know, a predisposition to that kind of behavior. And then you add in the fact of, of the kind of current state of games. Um, but then it just ruins it for everybody else. So now it's not just, oh, I have to spend a lot of time playing this game to get better. But now I have to deal with people that are actively cheating and it sucks because there's no good, like really, really good anti-cheat that exists. It's it's too hard because for every anti-cheat that exists, there's 50 people out there working on some team in, in I was going to say the Ukraine, but I feel like that's not very good to say right now, in Russia, that are, are working to help break the game so that they can sell more cheats. And it's a lucrative industry. I mean, they just settled with, one of the groups just settled with, who was it? Um... I think it was EA. Uh, some cheap maker just settled with EA for like thirteen million dollars, and it like barely impacted them. That that was nothing. So um, now they're set for life. Right, right. And so it, it just it, I don't know. It's weird. Um, but I mean, I think you're right, Riley. I think you you can have fun without being competitive, but you still have to know the game. Like, there's not. You know, when when we were back playing Goldeneye on N64, you could pick it up the first time and within the first five minutes know the maps well enough to where you could have fun, even if your friend is, is better than you. And that's really hard to do in today's world with a lot of the, the multiplayer games. Um, and like then even, even with Valorant for the summer team, right. we had how long did we have to spend going over maps and i just smudged my glasses good job Evan. like we spent what i think we spent an entire day almost going yeah over maps as a team and what the next day we all almost like half of us except dom and riley probably immediately forgot those call outs right yeah i mean it didn't help that i was on that that team but um you know you were a good support player you were well, yeah, that that that's what I'm good at. I'm I'm good at support. I'm I'm not anymore, but I was good at utility and and that kind of stuff. But um, and and I'm I'm supporting Dom. Let's be real here, right? And I'm I'm good bait, you know. Um, oh, you should play with me more. Then I need you. <laughs> I have to yeah. use Rosa now, and she doesn't get happy when I bait her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm the magnet, but um, you know, Valorant's fun. I love the game, but I. I just don't have the time to commit to it. You know, I, I wish I did. Um, and it's, it's kind of, I'm glad that they added like spike rush and, um, uh, death match to it just for a little bit of fun, but you know, that's limiting in of itself where it's just not as fun for as long. So, um, and, and again, I, th it, it, my other big problem, I guess, with a lot of these multiplayer games is dealing with, other players that aren't that you don't know and how toxic it all is 
you know, probably the best I was ever at any video game ever was League of Legends when I was gold two, which is nothing to write home about. But I I had to quit the game because everybody was so freaking toxic. And and that's kind of permeated itself throughout the industry. And that's something that that's hard to deal with coming from somebody that was like, if you're going to play multiplayer games and you were going to talk shit, you better be able to back it up because you're sitting right next to me and I'll punch you in the face if you can't back it up, you know? And, and now you have all of these like, you know, incel little dick energy dudes that are talking shit on everybody and making racial epithets and, you know, making sexist and homophobic comments all day long and they don't have any repercussions for it, you know, and that's that's hard to deal with. So that yeah, that that makes it less bans your account, I think, if you do stuff like that now. Yeah, but then again, like rarely do those people get hardware bans. That's the problem. And even with hardware bans, it's not that difficult to get around because you just spoof your Mac address. You know, there's there's so many ways around it. Um, and so they just go create another account and, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because what it's led to is, um, I, I play a lot of, of sports games offline because they're, they're fun because I like sports and I, I'm obviously not athletic anymore. Um, I was for, for my very young life. Um, but I'm not anymore. And so I like to play sports games, but I, it, I don't think there's a single sports game that I can put my last name into anymore because it all says it's derogatory. <laughs> and so I remember Jesus. in, I think it was NBA 2K13, I ended up writing um, 2K and I was like, I've had to deal with people making fun of my last name my whole life and and you're making it worse by by making my name banned in the game can you please unban my last name? And they like sent me like 10,000 10, VC or something like that. But, um, you know, it's it like, that's how toxic we are that we can't have certain last names anymore because people are just fucking assholes. Welcome to the world. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. And, and again, I think that's, that's more of a, a thing outside of, of just gaming. I think that's, you know, modern social theory to begin with with you know how uh you know social media works in general is is being able to hide behind this wall of anonymity and in in reality what i've i've determined is that twitter is the world's biggest glass house and everybody is just in there throwing rocks as hard as they possibly can um and and that's i i it's not just Twitter. It's becoming the internet. That's like that. <laughs> um, but so what's your, what's your favorite video game of all time? I'm going to go with this all time, all time. I'm going to uh, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood by far. Okay. What, what'd you like about it? Why is it your favorite? I just liked everything about it. Um, I don't know why it was. I, went to it after two i don't know if i liked it because it was just one map so it was a lot easier to navigate um or just the fact that you know it's ancient rome and i was always a huge history nerd when i was a kid so it was nice to you know 
be like, ah, yes, uh, the Colosseum, and run around and stab people with my stabby blades. But I think I also like the, uh, what was it? Bum, bum, bum. The assassin recruiting system, how you can recruit people, you get them to high levels, and then you send them on missions to kill them off so you can recruit new people. Yeah. See, I'm weird. I didn't like Brotherhood that much. I I mean, the gameplay was fun. I just, I actually really didn't like Itzio. I liked Altair so much more. Altair was just stoic and a badass. And I feel like Itzio uh, is just kind of a little bitch. So <laughs> I didn't like Brotherhood as much as everybody else in the world did. Um, but but you're right. I mean, it was good, fun gameplay. There was so much innovation in that game. And the like, I mean, the first one had pretty decent parkour, but the parkour in, in Brotherhood was so good. Um, and it had a good story across the poles. Right, right. Um, and, and they've managed to make a really good series out of it. I mean, I, I would say that probably my favorite is three, um, Assassin's Creed three, but for the exact same reason that you liked, uh, brotherhood with ancient room is I'm, I love the revolutionary war. That's like one of my favorite time periods in history. So same kind of thing. Um, I would, I would, go, yeah, yeah, I think three was good. I remember pre ordering the game just to get the the hidden blade, yeah, like toy, yeah, and then it broke. <laughs> yeah, so, my, so, it was a really, real quick, it was a really funny story about how it broke. Okay. My friends and I were prac. We were gonna prac. We were gonna shoot a small movie, right? Uh huh. And like high school, right? So this was before I actually learned proper camera cinematography and all that other crap, right? Right. And my friend and I were gonna go practice our. Uh, we were gonna practice our fight choreography, right? Okay. Uh, so we went. We went to the location of where it was gonna be, right? Um, and we kind of, you know, we brought the the props that we were gonna use. And his character had the hidden blade. Well, he popped the button to shoot the blade out. And as if, like, something right out of the Matrix, I see the tip of the blade come flying out towards me like a projectile. And I just, like, turn my... I just, like, quickly move my body and just see it hit the tree. And both of us are just like, well, that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> I have tried every way to fix it, Dicky. I kid you not. I'm not giving up on that thing until now. And then I got your 3D. And then when I bought your 3D printer, then I'm like, yeah, I can give up on it. I'll just reprint it. Right. Yeah, that's the nice thing about having take the whole thing apart. Right. That's the nice thing about having a 3D printer. So you can you can fix stuff like that. Um. Spent like three months getting, or spent like three weeks getting my sec, getting new one to work. Oh, it's a nightmare. Yeah. Oh, don't get me started on yeah. on learning how to three D print stuff. It sucks. Um, but yeah, I I I do like the Assassin's Creed series. I think it kind of fell off a little bit. I didn't play Origins or the other one, um, but I hear good things about it. I did play Valhalla, and it was it was a lot of fun. Um, 
It's almost like where do you, personally, where do you think the game series fell off at? Because it seems like it varies per person. Um, I think to me it fell off with four, and not because four wasn't good, but that was kind of the start of the downfall. Um, until they they did Origins. Um, and then it kind of picked up again. But the problem with with those games is they're they're almost too big. Like there's almost too much to do, which is another problem I have with games today. Like I know that I'm I'm an old guy now, and I've got a family and jobs and all that. But like I, it's so hard to beat a game in today's world. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I would say it it probably fell off. Okay. Yeah, it seems like, it, at least to me, I think it fell off around Unity. Um, mainly, I think it stopped becoming an assassin. To me, at least, I it stopped becoming an Assassin's Creed game as soon as they took out counter killing. Yeah, that was a huge, huge part of the combat. Was a I will sit there. I'm like, okay, I'm facing five guys. Cool. I just that you know time you time their attacks and you get the counter kill and then another guy comes to attack you while you're counter killing that guy and then it's like the batman game right you just hit it again and then you kill him too right also the gear system i hate i hate that yeah yeah i i, I refuse to play any of the newer ones my friends will preach they're like oh they're so good you know like like you'll actually like them and I'm like, did they get rid of the gear system and did they add counter killing back? And they're like, no. And they're like, well, no. And I'm like, then I'm not going to spend 60 bucks plus whatever the DLC and season pass is going to be worth on it. Right, right. Yeah. And that. Ironically, this talk of Assassin's Creed has me re down, has me downloading revelations on Steam right now. Yeah. <laughs> and that kind of goes back to, to your, your point that you made about how expensive games are. And it's. It's funny because there's such a dichotomy because they're either free and then you spend, we won't talk about how much money on League of Legends, um, or they're, they're $70 and, and yeah, that's a hard pill to swallow, but you got to understand that the price of games, like a AAA title released physical media game hasn't changed basically until gen 5 consoles came out it's been 59 dollars since i since the 90s early 90s and so the price of games has not risen with inflation at all um and so i i understand why why it's gone up in price um but what i would like to see with that is something that's not happening and that is the developers and I'm not talking about the the companies, the actual people that are making the games, making more money, and they're not. Um, the companies are making buck tons of money, but the people making the games are not. And so I, I just wish they would make more money out of the whole thing um, if they're gonna, you know, raise the prices on everything and and keep making profits. But that's that's probably a discussion for a different day. Um, but but that so I I do understand why why the the price of games is going up in general. So, um, they 
they have to get a control on microtransactions somehow. Um, did you did you see that whole stuff with Diablo Immortal? Is that what the one was? The the Diablo game for um, phones? Yeah. No, I never. I read that they were making one. Like I I read. I remember the press the the E3 release. Everyone was just like what like everyone was really confused about it yeah i mean i've heard that the game is okay but the big controversy is that they've made they've made it so that it is so not free to win or not pay to win uh that it's pointless to spend money um on it so there was some dude from new zealand that spent ten thousand dollars in microtransactions on the game and didn't get a single like epic um and basically out of ten thousand dollars was only able to get one year's advantage on somebody that wasn't paying for the game so um yeah it, it was like almost impossible to like pay to to help yourself out and so that puts publishers in a, in a in studios in a weird position because you know everybody complains about free to free to play games being pay to win, and they don't want to do that. But in the same sense, like I get, I understand pay to win a little bit to a certain extent. And as much as I hate EA or not EA but 2K with how they do microtransactions in NBA 2K. I understand their system the best because I can drop 50 bucks and, you know, upgrade my character to be online competitive and not have to grind for, you know, infinite hours trying to get to the same point. I don't have the time to do that. So I, I understand that yet. It's only to a point where it's still fair to other players for the most part. So that kind of played it pay to play or pay to win i kind of understand but you know if if you're playing valorant and you can pay an extra 20 bucks and get you know more power on the freaking whatever gun that you're using that sucks so i don't i don't know how you balance those things make the pay enough to make the classic a one-shot kill yeah right a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> game would be literally it would be literally unplayable right and and people wouldn't play it but at the same time you know like you know how much have you spent on skins and all that kind of stuff and so at the end of the day it's really only worth it to do microtransactions for cosmetics i guess is do you think that's a fair point I mean, I, think, I definitely do think so, yeah, because that's what that all started with. It, it, what, it all started with Fortnite, I think, was when the huge season pass and everything for cosmetics kicked off. Yeah. But I think paying paying for cosmetics is fine. Like, I'm fine with that, you know. I've played League, I've played CS, I've sunk... God knows how much money into all of those games combined. I'm not allowed to admit it. Um, 
but I think, yeah, that uh, I think for cosmetics, it makes sense, right? Because at least with CS, there's a market for it, right? So you can buy a cosmetic, you can sit on it for a couple years, and then you can sell it and you can make money off of it. Right. But for games like Valorant and League, you buy and they're linked to your account. Okay, well, what are you going to do to make money? You have to sell your account. Right. And then that's just, you know, not really worth it because then you're just going to put all that time all that time and effort you sunk into that account's just gone yeah um and i mean but and, there, i know there is a market for that like especially for league you can buy diamond or plat ranked accounts yeah but then again that that account can also get banned pretty easily because that's against term of service so um you know that that sucks what's your take on um loot boxes Like him or no? I think it's a... I, I don't think I'm the biggest fan of them. Um, I wish... I'm not the biggest fan of them because I, I don't like the chance. Um, as someone who's failed probability, literally, like the class <laughs> once in their lifetime. Yeah. Um, I don't like having to think about, you know, I don't like looking at a loot box and be like, I want this skin for this character. Like, I like Overwatch, like, okay, like, I want this D.Va skin. Yeah. But I know I'm probably not going to get it because it's a bit, it's like a one in five chance or something to get it, right? But whereas with CS, it's, you know, you look at it and it's like, okay, I want a knife. I'm going to end up spending more if I want to just go buy a knife. It's gonna, I'm going to end up spending more than the fucking cake, like 20 times more than what the case is worth. But I mean, I will say, though, it does lead to some fun mobile games. Yeah. The like the case clickers, which I'm trying to figure out how to play one on my computer because i'm tired of clicking on my phone i just want to sit there with an auto clicker on my computer and have it do it for me right um well like i mean I like with those though. like the gotcha games are good like like genshin um yeah you know because, grand order too right because I, I don't know you you kind of expect it going into it and so i, I feel like if there's more transparency there with it it makes it a little bit more palatable, but you know, you know, like you were saying with, with overwatch or like apex, I think apex is probably the worst because, you know, I watched like, who was it? Tim, the tap man spend $500 on stream to get whatever the highest level thing you can get. So you could get one skin. Like that's absurd. You know, Jesus, Spend um, that much on a CS:GO knife, right? It's just gonna drop value in like two weeks, right? So I I try and keep it to like I'll only spend money on cosmetics for games that like I enjoy enough to support the the publisher. So you know, as, as many problems as Riot has had, you know, I they still put out a good product. They seem to be addressing most of those issues. Um the best they can uh well i don't know if the best they can but they're at least addressing those issues and, and, and getting through them and so i don't feel bad giving them as much money as i've given them yeah. um you know but like 2k 
like I said, I understand their play on it. What I really wish that they would do, because I I enjoy playing, because they have a a kind of like a story mode, like an RPG you can play, and I wish they could they would give you an offline option um, for that, so that you could not have to spend all that money (laughs) to make your player better. Because I like to play a lot of different positions in the game, and you're locked into one as soon as you create it, you know, because it's like creating a different class, basically. Um, and so it'd be nice to be able to play other classes as it were, you know, without having to spend a bunch of money, because I know I'm never going to play that class online if I'm playing it, you know, competitively. So it's like FIFA ultimate team too. I hate that. Right. I'd rather just, that's why like I, I stopped. I mean, last I played bought was FIFA 18 and I just have to install it on my PlayStation again so I can play it. But I remember I'm like, I would try ultimate team and i'd get a little bit far in but then you know my players get tired they get injured and then i'm having to spend coins to from my you know tournament game winnings on you know injury shit to just you know get them back up and running and then that leaves me with nothing to buy good players right by you know attempt to buy the packs at all which then you know forces you to have to spend money on the game uh but the offline mode for that i like to because it lets you make uh you can make custom players yeah and so i would make myself and max out all my stats and then put me on my favorite team right right yeah i mean that's that's always what we used to do with sports games like i remember when the first create a character character came out and it was the best thing ever um and so like what what 2k did is they kind of took that idea and then made an RPG about it where you had to kind of build your stats of the character, which is kind of cool um, until they added microtransactions to it. But um, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. And, and for all the sports games that I played, I would say the best kind of like build a team through microtransactions game that is out there is probably um, MLB The Show. Um, theirs is the best because you can effectively play that game um in the in the build your team out of like fake baseball cards uh without spending any money and you can have a good team uh and so that's kind of nice um you have the option to go buy your team if you want but you don't have to and and you can you know make a good team without that and the the market is good um so that you can kind of sell it and and make good money off of it and and buy new packs but yeah like fifa's market which it's like why it's over a million coins every game just for like messy nowadays right right exactly um and and we talk about all of this as as i told you before you got on stream to get a pack of of pokemon cards which is literally nothing more than the exact same thing but i've always like i feel different about that because i've i've collected baseball cards my whole life i've actually been like opening up a bunch of of sports cards as, as we've been talking and um i to me it's still silly I, I think it's a loot box same kind of idea but at least it's tangible it's kind of like csgo what you were talking about where i can i i won't ever be able to really sell this stuff and make money off of it but i know my kid will 
And so my goal is so that, you know, when he retires, he can sell my baseball card collection and, and be able to retire off of it. Um, yeah. But it's tangible. I a bunch of old cards. I got to see how much they're worth. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, no, but like that's that's me with not necessarily like me with the Pokemon cards, but a lot of my friends, you know, a lot of my coworkers are. You know, it's like, oh, you know, you're if you're looking to try to like make money off of these cards, you got to. Like, you know, recommend buying these specific sets or something. And I just looked at them and I'm just like, I mean, I, I, I don't care if I make money off of this. Yeah, I, you know, I joke that I'm going to lose, you know, like 10 bucks to buy these these cards. But in the end, I don't I don't really care if I get anything good or not. Because if I want something, you know, if I want a good Pokemon, I'm just going to boot up Brilliant Diamond, go, go, go catch that some bitch myself and train them up. Right. Yeah, and then have a little 3D model of Glaceon running around <laughs> behind me. Right. And and even with like Pokemon cards, I, I mean there's there's joy in opening up the packs. Um but at least there's a game you can play with it. I mean, I think Pokemon cards is objectively a bad game, but at least you can play a game with it, you know, like I'm more into magic cards, obviously. Um and to me, there's so much more value in magic cards now than I ever thought that there was because I can turn around and flip cards really fast if I need to, um, yeah. which is something you really can't do that well with sports cards and you obviously can't do with virtual cards very well. Um, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, even if I open up a trash pack, I can still play the game, you know? So it's worth it. And and the good thing with Pokemon cards is they at least give you a digital pack too. So if you get nothing in your, your regular pack, you can try your luck on the digital game and maybe you'll get something good on there too. So, um, you know, there's, there's advantages there. Um, but this is like the same reason why I don't really play MTG Arena that often is because it's such a, a waste of money because you can't sell the cards. Uh, and, and they rotate in that game a lot. So, you know, a lot of the stuff that you get may rotate or get banned or whatever and become valueless. And, and it's all like, you can't buy single cards, um, which sucks because the, the original one, which is MTG online was cool because there was actually a market where you could go sell your cards on that. So it was kind of like, to me, MTGO was actually kind of the first, um, nft um <laughs> because you you kind of got something tangible out of a virtual pack um that you could yeah. really sell so that was kind of cool um but arena doesn't do that I, i've heard that they're gonna start a marketplace but i don't know i just don't trust wizards of the coast that much so <laughs> that's me but anyways yeah, I, go ahead. I never got that big into magic all I know is I wish that I wouldn't have made fun of it when I was in high school because if I would have bought them in high school I probably wouldn't have to work anymore the rest of my life. That or, or the first edition of Pokemon cards, you know? Oh, yeah. 
that's... have that have that Charizard that you're sitting on that's worth what like two grand now, or if not more than that. Oh, it, just get it graded, and then it it's like two hundred and fifty grand. So they're insane. Jeez. Yeah, and if you have like a sealed box of of first edition Pokemon cards, it's I think worth. But I think Ninja paid like seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars for one. Like one pack for a box. Uh, okay. But I mean, still, that's three hundred and sixty cards. I think. Um. For for seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, yeah, that's that's a lot. Yeah, it's absurd. It's absurd. Too much, Jesus. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. it's been an hour. Thank you for joining us today, Mafi. Um, Thank you for having me. Stick around. We're still gonna play video games, but to all of you out there listening to the podcast, this has been episode seven of a little bit about almost everything. Uh, thank you for joining us again. Thank you, Evan, for hanging out with us and 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 talking to us about your book. Uh, want to give us the title of your book? And uh, I don't know if you have like socials or anything you want to give out. Website, self promote for a little while. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so if let me go pull this crap up. Um, so if anyone, once again, you know, huge huge thanks to to Dicky for having having me on. Uh, it's been a while since I've gotten to speak to him, and it was nice to you know get to be get to be a part of something of his. Um, so if anyone is interested in checking out like my website, I'll go ahead and uh, just state that first. If you want to go to www.evansworkandart.weebly.com, uh, from there you'll be able to find a bunch of the cool stuff that I do. You can go read the. The, the normal, the base version of the book on Wattpad, or you can buy the uh, the base game plus the DLC uh, on Amazon. And if anyone who doesn't want to bother going through my website to find it uh, can just type in Angel from Hell, book one of the Underworld Saga on Amazon. And uh, give me your money for my shitty writing. Yeah, go out, go out and buy Evan's work, work, uh, his book. I, I combined work and book at the same time. Uh, go out, buy his book, check out his stuff, support him. Uh, that's what we do here. Uh, and thank you, Riley, for for posting the links uh, in chat. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks again. I appreciate it. Um, we'll have you back on again someday. Uh, you know, maybe when your next book comes out. Um, oh, in like a year from now. <laughs> Yeah, right, exactly. You'll you'll have a job with some big publisher at that point, so or or game developer rather. So it'll it'll be good. All right. All have right. a good night, everybody. Thanks again, Mafi.